I apologize if I cry. Um, I'm having a very emotional week. <laughs> but um, I, I think I probably have an emotional life. But um, you know, I'm just feeling tender with God at the moment. And um, yeah, just God is good, hey? Sure. He is good. So we've been working through Acts 2 for, for a while now. Um, and we've been, well, we've been working through Acts for a while, but also Acts 2. And even this, the passage that I want to read now, we have been working through this passage for, for a bit. And we're going to read it again. And we're going to take some more out of it because each time we, we're focusing on something a little bit different. And um, today I, I really want to focus on unity. Uh, it's a topic that's really close to my heart. It's something that God really stirred and revealed to me a, a bit about a few years ago and has been taking me on a journey with regards to this. And I, I don't by any means have it um, waxed at all, but um, it's something that... I think God has revealed his heart to me about his desire for this. And so, uh, yeah, let's... Actually, before we start, I just... If I can ask us to have our hearts just in a place surrendered for him to work in our hearts this morning. It is... Unity, I think, is a bit of a challenging kind of topic. It's, it's, it's there to challenge, but it's not there to condemn. And what I want to share today... I would hate for anyone to walk away feeling disheartened. Um, this message is to bring hope and, and um, revelation of God's heart for us and for others. And if, if we could just have our hearts surrendered to him to, to make small adjustments, to, to carry this thing out in us. And for me, when he's worked in this for me, he's been very gentle and and. Um, teaching me slowly along the way. It hasn't been an uh, abrupt, harsh thing. And so please don't hear anything that I'm not trying to say. Sometimes I'm not the most gifted in tact and um, verbalization of my heart. And so if I can ask you to look at the heart and not the exact words that I necessarily use, but I will try to be intentful on using good ones. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not putting all onus on you, but just, yeah. Acts 2 verse 37 um, to 47, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to skip ahead a bit to verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number, day by days, those who were being saved, those who were being saved. So 
for me, what I, has really stood out for me in this passage is the part where it talks about they were cut to the heart. Now, to be cut to the heart, they must have had such a revelation. The Holy Spirit must have revealed something so incredible to them that they then in turn had, in my mind, a rather extreme response of devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and selling all their possessions to like distribute amongst each other. I mean, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a real cut to the heart. I think how they worded that was just beautiful. These people have had a revelation, and they want to know what do we do. And then this this is their response. And so you see this hunger for God, this thirsting, and I think. When we, when we maybe gave our lives to Jesus, there was this first love and we were excited about the things of God and we, we couldn't stop but learn more and we were compelled by this love. And maybe over time it, it starts to dwindle a little bit. And, and for me, I would love to remind us to keep pressing in with God and asking Him to continue to reveal more to us. Because as He does that, these things just flow from us. And so... Um, yeah, the, these people just, for me, they, they saw something, they experienced something. It wasn't, it wasn't just, oh, God is nice, that's, that's a good idea. It was, they were compelled. And so, Father God, I just pray, Lord Jesus, today, would you reveal yourself to us? Holy Spirit, will you just be so evident, even in me speaking today, Holy Spirit, would you just work in our hearts? Would you do something significant that we would be compelled, that we would be sold out for you, that we wouldn't be able to um, withhold what you are calling us to do because we have just seen your face and we, all that we have, all that we are, it's yours. Father God, I pray, do something in our hearts. In verse 44, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. I mean, there were like 3,000 added to their number. All things in common. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't raise kids in that time. Um, <laughs> but um, sure, I mean, to have all things in common. I find I can become so distracted by opinions, by my opinions, and I think these people, they were just so in love with Jesus that opinions, preferences, bias, it didn't infiltrate their mind. They were so focused on God and learning about him. Their minds were consumed with him and nothing else. So they weren't pondering all these um, differences. They weren't comparing and competing because they were too busy exploring Jesus Christ and meditating on him. And my question to us is, have we possibly given ourselves too much time to allow our hearts and our minds to be filled with our opinions, our thoughts, and our feelings of others and how they are living their lives and how they are doing things that we, and sometimes it's not even us being judgmental towards them, but maybe even just comparing ourselves to them. So it can go both ways, you know, it doesn't need to to just be us um, 
being negative about people, but it can also be us being negative about ourselves. But have we given ourselves too much time to fix our mind and eyes on that? He's not bothering me, hey? Okay. No stress. Um, so a few years ago, I was at an event, um, a church event, and we were busy in worship, and I was standing at the back, and there was a couple with their children, and I don't know what they were doing, I can't even remember the situation, but I was busy worshiping God, and the next minute I was distracted by this family, and I just recall having rather negative opinions and thoughts about how they were doing things, and it, I think the sad thing was, firstly, it distracted me from God, but secondly, what it could also do is fill my mind with negativity towards them that can eventually cause a wedge between me and this family. And in that moment, I was quite convicted and I felt God revealed to me that I have raised my opinions above others and said my way is the right way and the only way. And so therefore you are wrong and what you're doing is wrong. But what has shaped my opinions and my thoughts and my feelings has come from years and years of how I was raised, things that I've experienced, fears that I've got, all of that has shaped how I want to do things. And that's not the be-all and end-all. We have all been created with different things, different ways of doing things. And I, I walk into a friend's life or they walk into my life and I learn from them and they learn from me. And that's how we grow. It's that thing of iron sharpening iron. And either I can look at the negative and I can just beat down on them and fill my head again with all this negativity, or I can look at what they are doing well and learn from that and even possibly look at what the, I don't agree with, but not to dwell on it and not to judge them, but to recognize maybe that's not what I feel I should be doing. But I think we've become too quick to want to pass our opinions and put our convictions and things onto everybody else. And so for me, this was a very real um, revelation that I had. And I felt almost to start asking myself, is this my place to have this opinion right now? Does it concern me? Am I giving more time to this than I should? Because I have just gone from worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to fixating my eyes on how I would have done it differently and what I think they are doing poorly. It brought no life into my life. It brought um, nothing of value and it was definitely not uplifting anyone in that moment. And so for me, that was a really very big revelation and I've tried to filter when I recognize when I do that. And I think we'll all do that and I keep doing it to this day, but to recognize it and to stop it and to then decide, either pray for that person. Maybe God is highlighting something for you that you are realizing. I'm not, it's not like we can never have a negative thought again, but how do we, what do we do with those thoughts? Are we then going to pray for those people? Has God highlighted something to you that you can stand in the gap for that person for? Or is it that you just need to learn to accept, to love the people that God has created and that we all have different strengths and different weaknesses and learn to embrace it? Because when I speak to my children, I say, you are beautiful and you are wonderful. And when that person is ugly to you, you do not care about what they've got to say. And then us adults gather and I, and I 
feel they should care about what I've got to say. Well, isn't that a little bit hypocritical of me to feel that I should empower my child, but on the other hand, I break down a person that God has created? Sorry. But I think if we can have a revelation that this is God's child, whom he loves, and whom he has put so much into, maybe, um, maybe we would change how we speak over that person and how we see them. Um, and again, this is not a condemning thing, but this is a revelation thing. Um, this is asking Jesus, please show us who this person is because this is your child and you've created them. And I know I'm full of flaws and yet you still, you still love me and you feel the same way about this person. And there was a gentleman who I was listening to preach years ago and, but this, which he said just really st stuck with me is, and I'm going to just uh, fabricate it to a degree <laughs> and just get the gist of it because I can't fully remember what was said. But he was talking about the fact that um, people blessing each other and he said for him, if someone wants to bless him, the best way they can do that is by loving and accepting and blessing his children. How much more would our Heavenly Father feel that towards us? That he would feel, if you want to bless me, if you want to love me, love my people. That which um, he says to Peter, I think, if you love me, feed my sheep. That's, that's God's heart for us. Um, yeah, we have to protect our hearts and our minds against these negative thoughts that are bringing us down and bringing those down around us. Um, these thoughts that are not bringing life. Um, in John 17 verse 20 it says, I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me Father and I am in you and may they be in us so that, all, that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love me as much as you love me, that you love them as much as you love me. And so this is a prayer that, that Jesus prayed just before he was crucified. And so I would imagine this prayer is quite an important prayer considering the fact that he, he prayed this just before he was crucified. And so he prays about unity, then he carries on in a different, with a different thing, and then he comes back to praying for unity again. So he actually mentions this twice in this prayer. And so this is obviously something of importance. And he, in, this, in this passage, he's praying for us to be united with one another, and for us to be united with him. And so for me, what I really take from this, this passage of scripture is that as we are in him, we are able to love and care for the people around us. 
So it's in him that we are able to then continue loving those around us. Also, what I, what I love about the scripture, but is a little bit daunting, is the fact that he's saying this unity is what the world will recognize about us as his children. It's this unity that will show as a testimony of our belief in Jesus. And sadly, the church is so divided. Within the church, churches against other churches, why would the world look at us and go, I have to be a part of this, when we don't even represent each other well? And in this, I just want to give a cautioning towards how we use social media. We have to recognize that whatever we post is not just Christians looking at what we're saying. It's also the world. And um, if we have grievances with churches or with our church or people that are Christians, let's not put it on social media. Let's discuss it with those people one-on-one. -on -one. Because if we do resolve it, the people in the world are still left with that hurt that they saw and holding on to this. We've moved on and carried on and resolved. But this is forever on this page and has left an imprint on people's hearts that is not bringing life. And so just for me, it's something that I've noticed and realized is something that I have to be very careful about. And so this unity is not just good for us, it's not just good for our relationship with God, but it is a testimony to the world around us of our relationship with God. And the only true way for me from the scripture that we can really be united with God is when we're pressing in with him, when we're worshiping enough, we're filling our minds with him rather than all these other thoughts. And so to, to recognize those thoughts and choose to rather worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, where we transform our minds and fill our minds with the meditation of the King and his kingdom. Um... In Ephesians 4, verse 32 to 5, verse 2, it says, Be, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, uh, so forgive one another as God, <clears throat> sorry, as God in Christ has forgiven you. So as we realize and have a revelation of his forgiveness for us, so we can have forgiveness for others. And so again, it comes back to this revelation. We can't do this without this revelation. I, I hope this is the, <laughs> the trend that you, you're picking up. I'm not just repeating myself for the sake of repeating myself. I, I didn't run out of content. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's, <laughs> this is what it says. And it says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a, a fragrant fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Again, as he loves us, so we love his children. It's an outpouring. If I fully understand that I'm a flawed human being, that God chose to forgive and love and have grace on, maybe when I look at that person, I say, well, God would want to forgive and love them. He's forgiven me of so much already. Let me love them. It's, it's, it's this um, almost like a, a domino effect that I can then pour out. But if I don't understand what God has done for me, how can I do it for someone else? Because I can't do it in my own strength. Um, my mom used to work really hard to um, 
get my brother and I to really connect and love each other and care about one another and create opportunities for us to build this beautiful, flourishing relationship. <laughs> and so one day she went a little bit far and <laughs> she booked us into a day spa, the two of us, just the two of us. <laughs> and now uh, we have gone to these places before and often you would go with someone and you end up in the same room. And we had to have some really awkward discussions about ground rules. If we get put into the same room, we're not a couple. How are we going to handle the situation? And it was actually a really fun, fun um, evening that we spent <laughs> together at our table having a romantic dinner <laughs> together <laughs> before we go for our massage. And we... We made sure that we both understood, we, you turn your way, I'll turn my way. When we're ready to lie down, we will give a signal and you go first and then you turn. And we had this whole thing, elaborate plan of how we would work this out. Needless to say, it was a wonderful time. And we, thankfully, we did not end up in the same room. So hopefully my mom did communicate that clearly and thought in advance. But these are the links that a mom would go to to get their children to, to be connected and build relationship. Again, how much more our father would he want us to connect and build relationship? How many opportunities would he try to cultivate for us to, to have these moments together? Um, yeah, and that's the heart of a parent. And that's the heart of our father, is for us to see those little flaws in each other and be able to look past them. And um, if we look at Genesis 11, where the Tower of Babel, um, um, where they have come together as a community, or I don't know if it's the world, or I don't know, but these people, they, they came all came together. And they were now going to build this tower, but their motives behind was evil. They wanted power. They wanted to, to be like God. Um, if I'm understanding the story correctly, Nick can correct whatever I've misunderstood. But, um, but they are now building this tower, but it's with evil intent. And um, Jesus or God then scatters them because he realizes united they are strong and they are powerful. The same way when we are united in God, what we can do for his kingdom would be so powerful. We would be a mighty army of God, a force to be reckoned with. But the enemy has been able to cause division, cause offenses and all these different things that render us, I don't want to say useless, but, but ineffective to a degree in the kingdom because of this. And so, yeah, to be aware of this, to be aware of the fact that you look at the riots, how when Belito came together, we were a force to be reckoned with because we had something in common, they had all things in common, and they could fight the good fight for whatever it is that God has called us to do. So there is power in unity. Now, um, I would like to mention just a couple of ways that I think I, I could stir us, hopefully, to 
to live in this unity, things that we maybe look out for or be mindful of. Um, I think there's a guy, uh, well, Tyron Daniel from NCMI, he, he often quotes, and Nick, Nick often quotes him saying that, that people talk about the church, the bride of Christ, in the same way they talk about an a high school girlfriend BC days. And he was saying that if somebody spoke about his wife like that, he would punch them in the nose <laughs> or on the nose. And that's how we often speak about the church and other churches. And so to be careful that this is the bride of Christ that we are speaking about. Uh, we need to be slow to speak of others. Um, we need to see the importance of protecting other people's nakedness. Um, we are not here to expose people. We are not here to, to cause more damage. But the best way we can help people is to pray into those things and to recognize that weapon that we do have when we do recognize things that are fallen and broken in people's lives. <clears throat> we need to le learn to recognize when, when we are allowing our opinions and our biases to push a wedge between us and others. I'd like to encourage us to be careful what we say in front of children and in front of our children, what we allow them to hear, that is adult conversation that can get taken and shared with people that shouldn't be hearing these things because they maybe do not have the, the skill set to know what is not to be shared. We need to almost make a stand and a decision that we will not be offended, that this is a value or a, um, a choice that we have made, that when offense creeps in, we deal with it quickly and that we choose not to allow this to fester. Nick has a saying where he's taught our kids, and I'm sure you've heard him say it, um, what is a strong leader? Someone with a soft heart and a thick skin. We're not easily offended and we keep loving. And so that is not just to protect those people, it's to pr protect ourselves, it's to protect our hearts, it's to protect the church. And so we need to be quick to deal with those things and choose not to take offense. Because more often than not, these things come from misunderstandings, um, unexpressed expectations. I mean, a lot of you guys here are, are married, you know, I mean... I need to, word for word, tell Nick what I want. I have a birthday on Monday. You need to bless me. <laughs> I have to, sometimes with Mother's Day, I put it in his calendar. <laughs> and I say, I put it for a week and I say, you need to be thinking of this. <laughs> you need to help our children. And I'm raising your children, so you may get involved. <laughs> and so... He, it's not that he doesn't want to do it for me. It's just not how his mind works. And so if I tell him, he can do it. And then I'm pleased and he's pleased and the whole home is happy. And so we have to learn that people don't know our expectations. And sometimes my expectations are different to someone else's. Like some people love people to come and visit them when they're in hospital. Others they don't know that that is what they expect. My dad, he does not enjoy hospitals. He does not go over, and this is not a fun outing to love people. I will love you when you're back, 
For him, he doesn't want anybody to come see him either. That is how he, he knows this to be true. When my daughter was in hospital the one, one day, well, for like a week actually, I phoned him up and said, hey dad, when are you coming to the hospital? He said, no, no, what do you mean coming to the hospital? I said, Libby's in hospital, you need to come visit her. No, no, I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> I'll see you when she's out. I said, no, 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 you need to come to the hospital. So he put his, his things aside and he came and he, 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 he was willing to make that sacrifice. But he wasn't going to do it if I didn't express my expectations to him. And I can't expect him to know that when he grew up thinking that's, it's, it's not such a good idea to visit people in hospital. They need to recover. They need to rest. So we have to understand expectations are huge in how we, how we do things. Misunderstandings. Nick has a favorite story of where I can get quite passionate about certain things. And I don't often realize how I start to speak when I share about these very passionate topics of mine. And the one day we were sitting, we had friends over, and we were talking about a topic that really gets me going. <laughs> and after this family left, Nick says to me, I can't believe you did that. I said, what do you mean? What did I do? He says, you were standing pointing <laughs> at this person. I said, no, I wasn't. He said, you do not see yourself. You were pointing and I, I was horrified. There's no way that I did that. I would, my heart would never be <laughs> to stand up somebody and point at them, fighting with them about an irrelevant, unimportant topic. But somehow, my body and I are not in <laughs> cohesion on this. <laughs> and so, I was standing there treating her in a way that is completely unacceptable and when Nick mentioned it to me only then did I become aware of it and I had to apologize for how I had behaved but if Nick was not there and didn't see anything wrong with it I never would have apologized and due to a misunderstanding this could have caused such a big wedge in our friendship and I think yeah we just we need to recognize there's often these misunderstandings unexpected unexpressed expectations and believe the best in people we will all offend somebody at some point in life and so therefore you will most likely also at some point in life be offended let's be quick to to um, forgive let go and believe the best in one another so that we can be a strong army for God and so yeah I'd love us to just spend some time in worship, allowing God to really reveal to us some of these areas maybe that we have taken offense, where we have um, yeah, had maybe um, a view and perspective of people that was not bringing life to us. And also if there's people that you need to forgive, people that have hurt you, people that have genuinely, and these things are real, people have hurt us, people are fallen and broken and they hurt us. But I'd love to see us walk in freedom. I'd love to see us be able to let go of these things, to ask God to help us to forgive. And to forgive is a choice and it's a, sometimes it's a daily choice and it's a difficult choice. <laughs> Excuse me, but it is a choice that would be best for us, for our relationship with God, and even for these people.
and we are all fallen and fall short of the glory of God. And so there's a scripture that shares that uh, love co covers a multitude of sins. And so maybe there are people that you have to ask God to reveal His love for you so that you can love them in the same way that His love has covered a multitude of our sins. We can, we can also do that for people. So if this is also something that you are working through, struggling through, um, Nick and I are also available during the week. If there's questions that you have, things that you're struggling with, please um, chat with us um, or, or with someone here that you feel safe and comfortable with. So, yeah. Uh, can I pray for us before, before I close? Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are and that all of this is rooted in you and our revelation of you, Father God. And as we understand who you are, as we worship you, Father God, that these things would naturally even just flow from us. I just pray for more of you. Holy Spirit, as we worship the King of kings and Lord of lords now, would you come and just bring revelation? In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.